I'm Darcy Armstrong. And I'm Lauren Mobley. We're just two animal enthusiasts looking for something to do during these crazy times. The real news, though important, can be a lot. So we're here to provide a break with short, silly stories about our favorite furry, scaly, feathery, and slimy friends. This is another breed of news. Well, hello, good Hi. listeners, once again, which one of them now might be my brother. He and uh, his girlfriend said that they attempted to try and listen um, this past week. Shout out to Tori and Anna. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, which by attempted, I think that they mean like they genuinely were going to sit through an entire episode, but then the baby kind of, you know, um, decided to have other plans. Um you, know. um, you told me that you got their, their little one, a giraffe for her, for her first birthday. Ah, well, I, I had made this, um, highly decorative, like wall placard, I guess you could call it with her name on it. Like had all these, like, you know, aquamarine, um, which is the birthstone of March, all these aquamarine beads, like hanging from it. And I like hand strung all of them. And, you know, it's very like, beautiful hippie vibe but in in you know putting the final final touches on it I realized like I can't just give this to a one-year-old like she's going to tear it apart immediately she'll be like oh shinies and uh and then just like rip it apart so I was like okay I should get her some other gifts too then you know more fun things she can appreciate this when she's much older perhaps so I'd gotten her um this very plush squishy um kangaroo stuffed animal that has a birthday hat on it kangaroo, that's what it was um, which she immediately shoved into her mouth um, we had stopped by to drop off the gifts a few days ago and she just was like and into the chompers and i also got her this uh fun little um like uh collapsible playhouse thing it's like a tent but you know, looks like a little children's playhouse. And my brother built it within like 20 minutes and already on out in there. And so I'm sure she'll have kangaroo. Yes. Yes. I actually have a very cute photo. I'll have to share with you um, of her with the kangaroo in there. But uh, I thought it was a draft for some reason. And I got excited because I was going through a box in my basement and I found uh, my aunt, apparently this was my first stuffed animal, gave me a little giraffe when I was days old mere babe in <laughs> arms still have it do you remember your first, first stuffed animal you know I don't remember what the first one would have been but like the most important one is with me to this day I sleep with it every night and uh it uh I believe one of my aunts um gave it to me like at Christmas or something like that when I was about three years old and it's uh, a Simba you know, nope. um, yes, like, know OG, like back when the movie came out and everything. And uh, yeah, I've had that for now. Well, let's see. I'm well, we're many years. <laughs> Not doing the math. Um, um, but, did uh, I send you that picture of my favorite childhood stuffed animal, the dog Perkins? Yeah, no, I, I realized, oh my gosh, that. it's just like a floppy eared version of Granger, exact same yeah. coloring, it's exact same uh, scruffiness. <laughs> predestined yep and then I found another little stuffed animal I don't know where I found where I do not like have boxes of stuffed animals I swear but I found (laughs) I think my mom found it I'm I'm gonna amend that statement I think my mom found it a little one and again 
it looks exactly like Granger. So I definitely think there was something in my subconscious that glommed onto her, fell in love immediately when I saw her picture (laughs) at the shelter. Like, oh my God, this this is the dog. This looks familiar. (laughs) Aw, so cute. Speaking of cute, I saw a very cute sight on my walk home from work today. There was this woman walking her dog and it was, you know, like some type of like a uh, Springer Spaniel or I don't know, Border Collie. I don't know. But uh, I, I can't say whether the dog was overweight or not because I'm not a good judge of those things. But, um, you know, they were a goodly like 35, 40 feet ahead of me. And um, this dog just, you know, kept sitting de- like plopping down on the sidewalk just like refusing to move you know they were on a walk and this poor woman is like no we we have to keep moving you know because like now that it's nice out there's just people everywhere like I've never seen it's it's I'm, I'm wondering myself like is everybody just suddenly adopting dogs or were they all hiding you know like I know winter and shelters everything. were getting like, cleared out. Yeah, but like, you know, dogs still got to pee in the winter. So I don't know. It was just like an abundance of dogs. And here's this older looking pooch, um, just like every every few steps is like, and I'm done now, right, mom? Like, <laughs> I'm not going any further. Like, I don't care if you look like an idiot. I'm done. That's and uh, eventually, like, they ended up crossing the street and I was. I, I did like a creeper take a couple of photos um, of, you know, mid hoist of this dog, this woman trying to get the dog up off the sidewalk. Um, but I was just like, man, uh, it's got to be hard trying to lose weight as a dog. <laughs> you don't know why you're being made to do these things. Um, you just want to. I was really pleasantly surprised with how many animals were out when we went on our zoo excursion mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday coming alive yeah, out and about <laughs> gonna work off their winter chunkiness mm-hmm. I can do. <laughs> no as long as you feel good yeah. but the penguins I just can't believe we finally saw well I finally saw penguins there that made my day you know the last time that I remember going to the Henry Vilas Zoo with Mike for the express purpose of looking at the penguins. I swear to God, we were only there for like 15 minutes and just so he could go see some penguins, which I guess is better than nothing. You know, like mm-hmm. the many times that I'd be like, let's go for it. Nice were they actually walk. out? Is it? Yeah. Like they were like being all cool and stuff. I mean, this was like summer when this occurred. So like they were probably, you know, a little more spry, but um, yeah, but for this trip, you know, they were just, for for our listeners who were not there um, to see the penguins, they were kind of hiding in uh, one of their like little alcoves of their um, enclosure, and yeah, but hey, still visible. So if they were still there. I didn't even know that there were penguins at that zoo. Uh. I feel like it. You know, who? It's so hard for me to distinguish between that zoo and this other zoo that I grew up with. Like one of them is so much bigger than the other, though. So I don't know why I have such a problem remembering who's where. My groundhogs back. That's all I want. Yeah, blue prairie dog. One day, what's the difference between a groundhog and a prairie dog? Is it just Uh, regional names, size, and um, medical predispositions? I think prairie dogs carry. Leprosy? Is that it? No, or that might be armadillos. Okay, prairie dogs um, naturally produce some or carry some type of virus that is like highly contagious to human beings and like 
no bueno. Um, I thought it could be leprosy, but I think I'm confusing that with armadillos. They've got something like, not measles, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to look this up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain that like anywhere in the U.S. where there's like prominent prairie dog populations where you can like go and like awkwardly stare at them. Um, awkwardly stare? What? No, I mean, lovingly I mean, like, stare. I mean, like, if you're d- taking a road trip around the U.S., like, Lovingly. I, I am definitely one of those people who is like, we got to go out of our way to go stand over a bunch of prairie dogs so I can, like, make kissing noises at them. <laughs> but I'm, like, I- I'll know, join you in that. <laughs> I do think it's weird and not something so anybody would, you know, have on their tourism bucket list. But uh, it, I feel like a lot of places will have signage that's like, please don't touch them. <laughs> you will get infected. Well, aside from what you're saying, which I think is a wonderful random piece of trivia that you halfway know. Um, yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> you were halfway right kids. that the groundhog is bigger. So there is a size difference, but it looks yeah. like the main differences are that the prairie dogs, which is the ones that are at the zoo, they connect their burrows, whereas groundhogs mm-hmm. prefer to live on their own. And groundhogs are all over North America, whereas prairie dogs prefer prefer the temperate flatlands. They don't like it as cold. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Which explains the tragedy at the zoo, which I yeah. don't know why I brought that up because it just makes me sad. I just can't let it go. I can't. I have a distinct... Okay, so this is a very dark turn for the purpose of the <laughs> podcast, but a couple of years ago, Wisconsin had a polar vortex um, and there wasn't a lot, we didn't get a lot of snow that winter. Yeah. And so the prairie dogs that were hibernating in their burrows, um, or in their burrows, I should say, didn't have the snow insulation when the cold came. And you can expect what tragedy happened, but I didn't know. And I was at the zoo that following summer and the exhibit was closed. And I was like, oh, that's such a bummer. And I happened, I was teaching summer school and I happened to bring it up with one of my coworkers. And she's like, Lauren. You don't know what happened. And just the tone of her voice. I I have a distinct memory of my heart just like dropping, going, no, and she tells me. And I had to like compose myself before I could see the children that were coming in in like two minutes for the next class. Like this is the saddest thing I've ever heard. And they just haven't restocked, as you said. (laughs) Yeah, little baby. Terrible. Anyway, let's talk about positive things. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Do you want to go first or should I? Uh, yeah, I can share one real, okay. real toot sweet. Uh, um, so I saying before we start recording, I kind of like stumbled into this accidental theme for, uh, stories this week, um, which, uh, I, I guess I will describe as, and planes, trains, and oops, I, I, if I can, um, you know, but it's all kinds of stories that I was like, are cats trying, you know, it seems like if you try and connect the dots, they're like doing some kind of orchestrated takeover. I'm not sure, but, uh, at any rate, so this, uh, first story comes from, um, uh, sources, but, uh, the uh, article I'm um, referencing is from the Indian Express. Um, this uh, w- came 
well, the story like broke in the last like week or so. So around like March 3rd, March 4th. Um, <clears throat> in midair catastrophe, feline attacks pilot forcing plane to divert back. You know, I love a good pun for a headline. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I was hoping that you would get that I was trying to say a pun and not that I was having like some type of brain freak out. Um, so yes, the, uh, this incident happened on a Tarco aviation flight, which left from the Sudan's Khartoum International Airport that was headed to Doha. Um, this plane in the Sudan um, and they were, the pilot was forced to make an emergency landing um, because he was attacked by a very unruly passenger. Uh, no, not an anti-masker, uh, if you're wondering. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was a cat. Um, so this flight, which uh, was going from Khartoum International Airport uh, over to Qatar's capital of Doha, um, was rerouted back to the Sudan, Sudan, not sedan like a car. <laughs> so this cat, uh, who the article references as the unregistered passenger. Um, it was spotted inside of the pilot's cabin. And uh, according to- oh, Wait, so this the, wasn't like somebody's um, emotional no, support animal getting no. loose? As far as I could tell, this cat has no name, has no known identity. Um, uh, according to the local Al Rokoba, um, which I presume is a uh, news source, um, this took place on flight 3T234 and uh, happened barely a half an hour into the scheduled departure. Um, so obviously this cat was like probably alarmed by the fact it was up in the air um, in a flying bird-like thing. Um, and, you know, with no, you know, ground in sight, um, Okay, this is great. This is a direct quote from the article. The cat became offensive and turned on the flight captain, resisting all attempts to catch it. I don't know how you tell that a cat is being offensive. Um, defensive, perhaps. Offensive? It's not like a cat can really, you know, hurl, you know, swears at you or, you know. I don't know. They can be pretty vicious with their hisses yes, and their meows. There have been times where I've gotten yelled at by a cat where I'm like, you clearly just insulted my mother. <laughs> um, but uh, at any rate, as opposed to continuing on the predetermined uh, flight path, the pilot decides that it is necessary to go back to where they started. Um, so yeah, everybody's first inclination is like, oh, this is somebody, a passenger's, um, you know, animal that escaped from its enclosure, right? But uh no, it appears to be that it was a stray. And um, the plane, which is a Boeing 737, was stationary in the hangar overnight to be cleaned and prepared. Um, so more, more likely than not, the cat probably just like crept on board and found a nice place to take a snooze and, uh, and only hijacked the cockpit midair. Um, I don't know how I feel about somebody using the word hijacked um, jokingly, but they did. <laughs> At any rate, it's not the only time that there's been a catastrophe that occurred quite recently on a plane. Uh, earlier uh, in February, uh, there was another cat who, again, 
started a fight in a cockpit in an Israeli airline company called El Al's. El Al? At any rate. Uh, so that cat infiltrated a cabin, decided to gnaw on the interior uh, fixtures of the plane, and oh it damaged several plastic encasements and handles. Um, well, maybe this cat was like trying to live its dream. Maybe these cats are like some part of part of some secret underground pilot school for felines, feline flyers, get up with the birds. Really, yeah, they're like. <laughs> the birds will never know what hit them <laughs> exactly get on their level um, and take them all down and then uh, apparently last uh, another cat was discovered on a military plane that had arrived in the uh, bangor international airport in maine um uh, but this cat turned out to be a lot nicer allegedly um it had been hiding on board behind some crates and uh you know, um, also, again, in 2004, a Brussels airline pilot was victim of a cat attack when another runaway feline got into the cockpit. How are these cats getting into the cockpit is my question. Like, that door is closed as and far it's as It's such I a call. tiny, like, space. How is nobody <laughs> noticing a cat? You know, like, I don't know. I mean, cats are fast and, you know, slinky, but my God. Uh, so the, again, in 2004, this cat had escaped from, oh, so this one was in fact in a pet approved pet carrier and uh, had broken loose, got into the cockpit and, uh, you know, an opportune moment when the, uh, when a, one of the crew members opened it for some, you know, refreshment serving, but um, okay. man, at first you think like, freak accident, cat in the cockpit. No, these cats have a plan in place i'm sure it goes back to like i watch my football games and i watch it and there's always a part of me that is hoping for the cat to run onto the field i believe we've talked about this and now this is going to be my next hope whenever Mm -hmm. i go down a plane again years from now i'm going to have a secret hope for a cat to cause some ruckus yeah exactly same here um i i'm imagining the cat you know getting into the cockpit knocking the intercom button on and then you're like you're you know thousands of feet in the air and you just hear the captain and co-pilot just like swearing up a storm yelling it's like what's happening and then you know two minutes later it was just a cat everybody no need to panic (laughs) move over snakes on a plane we got cats i'll take a cat on a plane any day oh oh, god oh my god did you see that video of I think it was people who are hang gliding. Gosh, what were they doing? It was something where they're like, you know, attached to a kite, you know, one of those kinds of things. And somebody must have like a GoPro and there's two of them in this contraption and they're coming down. And then all of a sudden this cat is just like clinging for dear life, to <laughs> like some metal part of the, of the flying machine. And, um, they don't notice it until it's on the ground, but you're just watching this cat going like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But the look on its face is like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Yeah, more or less, which that actually would kind of segue nicely uh, into my other quick story. If you want me to just read that real quick, or you can share what you found this No, week, you but, can go uh, yours. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, Speaking of cats, um, 
ending up in places again that you would not expect them and you know um well lucky for this cat that i'm about to uh discuss it was not forced to hang on to something for its dear life but could have been um and again i'm only further convinced that cats are up to something specifically with human transportation because um and this comes from the uh, the mirror from the UK. Cat um, sat on a 125 mile per hour train roof, delays passengers for two hours before swaggering off. The mischievous mog, which is, I guess, what people across the pond call cats. Uh, this mischievous mog was casually curled up on top of an Avanti West Coast train at London's Euston Station until it was finally coaxed down onto the platform. Now, this cat knew exactly uh, what it was doing. Exactly what it was yeah. doing. And here's the thing, um, you know, I, you've, you've been to merry old Europe, um, so I'm sure you are somewhat more familiar than I am with what, you know, brands... Um, Continental train. So it, it, like, um, you know, I'd say at least. Okay, let's try that again. Sorry for the technical difficulties. So, Darcy, you were saying I've been to Europe, so I might be more familiar with the transcontinental railroad. (laughs) I don't actually know that it's transcontinental but it's a big train there are lots of trains yes um, it's it's t- upwards of 12 feet tall okay let's try this again third time's the charm beauty of not having a professional setup yay the reality <laughs> um okay let's see here Okay, uh, technical difficulties are so much fun. So at any rate, uh, there's this cat and he's sitting on top of one of Britain's, Britain's busiest station train cars. Um, he it refused to budge from his spot for more than two hours. Like any and, cat uh, would. Was this train in the sunlight? No, this is like all... like. The station, I believe, is underground. Um, based on the mm-hmm. photos I'm looking at, like it looks like mostly lit by fluorescence. So, uh, again, this place at the um, depot um, of or at London's Euston Station, and the train was the Avanti West Coast train. And um, so, uh, let's see here. This train was. A, scheduled to leave in about like half an hour's time um tuesday evening and this cat decided at that exact time like you know i think i'm gonna go take a nap up there um so this train can reach speeds of 125 miles per hour so had this cat not been found in time it would have been clinging all dear life um and at any rate, like, of course, luckily the cat was spotted. Um, so they had to delay the, you know, scheduled trip for this train. Um, the train was taken out of service. I think it's somebody's job to, like, check one. the top of the trains for animals. 
I bet now it is. Like, you know, they, they noted how- Relocate. Um, Go to England. Get this job. Yeah. My dream job. Um, they note how, like, it's typical to see birds doing that a lot, but, like, you know, A, birds can fly, so they don't yeah. have to worry about jumping up top of a tall train. Um, B, birds just get everywhere. Um, I, I, why a cat thought, ooh, this very loud tunnel- area underground i think i'll go there do it and then i'm gonna go take a nap the highest possible spot <laughs> um, but you know that's just the nature of cats they do the most inconvenient thing inconvenient. because they can um so uh passengers were able to you know get a you know different train out of there um but the cat stayed put again for like two hours and this is just one of the mill tabby cat again we don't have a name attached to this so it's probably just a stray but um yeah the, the, the uh the speed of this train was not the only perilous um factor at play here uh so this cat because of being on top of the train car and i assume it's uh you know like an electric train you know wherein maybe there's like it, it draws power from both below it and above it somehow. But uh, at any rate, there was a the 25,000 volt overhead lines power the train. So you can also imagine like... Fried cat. This cat is playing with fire in two different ways, at least. Um, so eventually the cat... Lives. Yeah, yeah. He did all right. Um, because the staff finally determined that... Uh, the best way to try and get the cat down was not so much to coax it as it was to give it, uh, you know, what, what else does a cat love more than an inconvenient place to nap? They love boxes. Uh, so a bin <laughs> yes. with a train carriage to act as a makeshift platform. Um, the cat was then uh, after it you know, was safely brought down to the platform through the box. Um, the cat was seen swaggering off, according to station staff. We don't know what that cat swaggering swagger off. is. Just inconvenienced a major, you know, train operation. Uh, probably got a bunch of people late for work. And then, <laughs> you know, takes its sweet old time getting down and, you know, only decides to come down when it is given uh, its heart's truest desire a box um so uh, apparently still people do not know how it got up on top of there which upsets me because i, I would just like to understand the logistics of how a cat gets that high up in the air you know from something that has very smooth sides and like no one noticed mm -hmm. nobody mm -hmm. um this is a quote from uh, Joe Hendry, who is the network rail station manager at Houston. He said, we often have to deal with birds inside the station, but in all my time here, this is the very first train surfing cat. Um, thankfully, curiosity didn't kill this cat, and we're glad it avoided using up one of its nine lives, thanks to the swift oh, action of the station. Um, just puns all around in this article and uh so right? there is the a catastrophes uh, puns <laughs> yep basically so there was a passenger who was actually catching this entire experience on video um in one of the adjacent trains and uh the video showed the cat walking across the train roof before eventually leaping down to that box trotting away So this passenger, I saw the window and saw 
cat just walking on the roof. Can you say cat on a hot tin roof? <laughs> that Okay. Uh, what was that last almost pun? Finished. She says, um, well, he says, of course, as soon as I pulled my phone out, the cat started to disappear. Uh, my train then left five minutes late because of the cat. And it's like, well, of course, that's the last F you this cat is giving to everyone. <laughs> it's like, oh, you think you're going to get a viral TikTok out of this? No, sorry. Swagger on off before you can get the views. But uh, when I think of cat swagger, yeah. my mind immediately goes to the Aristocats. Oh, yes. This cat definitely had an O'Malley um, vibe to it. You know, I mean, I didn't I get to watch that I say video, that, but I could tell. Uh, when we were driving to the zoo, my roommate Jenna, well, Jenna and I saw a uh, a motorcycle that had a little sidecar attached to it. And of course I go, oh my gosh, it's like the Aristocats. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, everything was, is Disney movie related. <laughs> please tell me there was an animal in the sidecar. No, there was a human, but I don't think I, like it looked ex- that super antique green. Yeah. Like, how is this safe to be on the road? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, oh no, I told you that my story was dog related, but it's really like dog and cat. So we can just call this a cat themed one. Oh yeah. Cats infiltrating our roadways and airways and our minds. Yep. And so I went, so I'm a little confused. I went to the article or I went to the link for the article to have some pictures ready and the article is gone. <laughs> I tried it from a couple different places. I don't know what that means, but I'm still going to go with it because it's what I have. They're so on this, us, Lauren. They're listening. Uh, so this is when I read the article, it was on a website called Narratively. Um, yes. It was published on February 25th of this year um, by Melissa Hart. And the title is Pet Rescuer in the Disaster Zone. So um, Hopefully we'll figure out why it's not there anymore, but that's regardless. A play the danger zone, um, the uh, Kenny Loggins? No, uh, not yes. Kenny, Kenny Rogers? I don't know, but I know what you're talking oh, about. Kenny Loggins. Sorry, I always confuse those Kennys. Um, <laughs> somewhere my fiance, Mike, is cringing. <laughs> His ears are uh, ringing yeah. with... How you got that incorrect <laughs> anger um but uh so this it was a really interesting story it's about it's a longer article um about a woman named kate albrick mm-hmm. she and her dachshund franklin live in oh, oregon, no, oregon oh my gosh live in oregon Ugh. um and they are certified pet detectives i'm sorry which what means <laughs> Um, that when like a disaster strikes and this article really specifically talks about wildfires, mm-hmm. um, they are trained to be search and rescue critters and humans for lost pets. Um, this is, this is, this is, how did I not know this is a thing a person could do? I was really hoping you would say that because every, like each, oh. each, I read this article, you know, a couple times to prep and every time I was like, man, this is what Darcy should be doing. So it seems that um, 
Albrecht kind of fell into the role of a pet detective in 2016. Then she was living in Colorado as a professional pet sitter. And we all know Colorado has lots of wildfires. Yes. Um, so when fires would break out, she would help her clients like prepare their animals, get them in their cages and stuff so they could evacuate. So she kind of saw that end of things. Um, but then she tells a story about how like a neighborhood corgi got lost and she was helping search for it. And somebody like somebody put a call out for the surrounding communities for help. And somebody brings their their hounds who were trained pet detectives, search and rescue dogs. So she kind of learned about this this career through them so she adopts franklin and officially gets him trained and she has to like also officially get trained and she starts the business um so this is not just like a volunteer or or i suppose like it could be like a non-profit business that then you know she gets contracted i guess i was i'm using the term business loosely because from what i can figure out like Apparently there are people who like seriously charge to help find lost pets, but she said that she feels like she can't do that. (laughs) So she has like GoFundMes that help, um, help her pay for her travel expenses and where she has to stay and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess I I use the business term, term loosely, but it was just fascinating to read about what she does. So they, she and other volunteers, um, work together to put up like humane traps and cameras um, and feeding stations. And so that the cameras are not all of these different spots and they're hopeful to, you know, be able to find somebody's pet through the cameras, but they also end up, you know, trapping other animals or seeing other animals in, in their camera feed. Um, and it turned out that the dog she adopted, Franklin, is not super great with other dogs. So oh. he and Kate um are cat pet like they find cats and so the story is your cat connection yep Um, yeah so they go they might they might go into like wooded areas they might go into people's houses that have been evacuated just kind of depends on what the call is out for what they're doing to help find people's pets and I mean obviously she said that there isn't always a happy ending but even like as hard as that is she feels like she's still helping people find closure like they know and they can you know mourn in their time so it's just like a really cool you know today's international women's day so here's a woman doing something super cool helping others helping animals go women yeah 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 oh that sounds like one lady and the other really cute thing from the article was so they i really wish i had the article so I can show you the pictures Darcy with of Franklin because I know how much you love dachshunds. dachshund little like search and rescue official vest and all of that but oh my before God. he goes to work it's protocol to ask the animals like do you want to work and like make sure they're in the right mind frame and giving consent and he's she's like he always is wagging his tail and is barking and running in circles and ready to go oh God. So such a little career man yeah oh. That's so cute. I, I'm just like envisioning this like little stubby legged baby um, just trotting through like tornado damage. <laughs> just like, I, you know, I, I love it because I love dachshunds and I love helping people and I love people getting to be reunited with their pets. Um, a wiener dog is not exactly what I would think <laughs> when you think of like a search and rescue dog. Well, they're tenacious. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I suppose like being low to the ground maybe is an advantage. She said that she originally was looking for a beagle, but um, ended up finding Franklin and like bringing him home for a trial um, to see like how his temperament would be for this kind of training. And she she said that he did just fine. Um, But yes, I think you're right. I don't know if a dachshund is usually. (laughs) It's just not like the first logical choice, I don't think. But uh certainly a good choice if you and she should do this uh if you were to plan on making a children's book about oh your my gosh yes hello like i think yeah like you know not that she shouldn't continue doing gofundmes for uh you know fundraising for her business but but it might be another way to get some income franklin the pet detective oh my god franklin the pet finder there's lots of that yeah i think you're onto something darcy Think you're oh my something. goodness. Oh, um, <laughs> there was one other thing I was going to say about this article and I'm totally blanking. Is it in my notes? Oh, it's gone. It had to do with Franklin and just how cute he was in his, un- oh, I was just, I also just love the idea of like pets helping or animals helping other animals. I was oh. reading this article about um, how it's becoming more of a trend for veterinary clinics to have um, like emotional support dogs for the other dogs that are like going into surgery or recovering from surgery. And it just like brought tears to my eyes. How sweet, just how sweet A friendly face Mm -hmm. to show them like the humans here are are not so bad. I mean, they're gonna trim your toenails, which you hate, but uh, I like them. So maybe you should too. It's just so cute. It's just so cute. I actually saw a dachshund yesterday. Uh, Mike and I were out driving and uh, it was like the just oh, supermodel looking wiener dog, you know, like the ones with like the kind of longer hair and like the speckling, you know, like gray and whitish speckling. And he was just so cute. Um, why was I not sent a picture? It, how it all happened so fast. And of sure, course, you know, sure. like, silly old Mike wanted to obey traffic laws and wouldn't slow down killjoy you know but i i did a lot of good screaming in the car at the dog um and by screaming i mean oh my god look at it causing people to swerve as they're driving yes yeah i'm sure i did worth it oh well if i can find a picture i'll well i'll send it your way excellent Cool. I'll tell you oh. what, I didn't get a photo of the one yesterday, but I'll send you the creepy photos I took today of that, so, you know, possibly overweight dog out on his <laughs> uh, biggest loser excursion. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yeah. Oh, boy. Granger is just like walking around me, licking the floor. What is wrong with you, dog? I wonder... If like some of the fish tank water, it's not even wet. What is she looking? Oh, did Jenna's fish die? Um, I think we are down a fish. Yes. Oh. Yes. R.I.P. to uh, Patty. Patrick. Yep, Patty. Oh man, it really sucks too because she gave them all such great names. Ugh. I think I named those too. I'll take credit for those too. Well. At any rate, well, maybe I didn't. It doesn't matter. Either way, you're right. They are great names. 
Yes, yeah. thank you for not licking the floor, you weirdo. <laughs> well, Dars, thanks for sharing your stories. I really thank enjoy you are giving me a new um, career path to. Well, I think you have two career yeah. paths to consider: checking yeah, animal tops for trains and a pet mm-hmm. detective. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty good options. Um, so. You know, I could fill up a lot of time even if I did both of them. But uh... yeah, you you could do both. Yeah. I feel like we came up with a, another job option for you last time as well, but I can't remember what it was. We should start writing them down. Yeah, <laughs> especially because, you know, I, well, uh, for our listeners, I am a contractor. So in a few months time, my job is probably going to be finished. And uh, so now I'm you have your next step. Yeah. So well, uh, thanks yeah. for listening, that's everyone. That's yep. Thank you, everybody. Uh, hope you are all week. doing well. All right. Talk to you later, Mobley. Bye.